All right, time to welcome in our two cowboys of football here on Sports Talk. It is time for Chalk Talk with Chuck Reedy and Ellis Johnson. Coach Reedy, good evening. How are you? <laughs> doing, doing great, Phil. It's great to have you with us. You got a little cowboy in you from your days down there at uh, at Baylor, down in oh, West Texas. Yeah, you probably rode a horse or two back in the day. East Texas. Well, was that East I don't Texas? Know about that, but <laughs> yes, that oh. wasn't. It's not West Texas. It's Central Texas. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you need to get your need to get your geography. I mean, West Texas is way out there now. I wasn't way out. That's Texas Tech. But um, uh, but no, I got I got the boots and and the hat and all that good stuff they gave me when I was out there. I never wear them, but I got them. Yep. Coach Johnson, good to have you with us. With us growing up over in the Winsboro, I know you rode a horse or two back in the day, and I think you have some alligator boots, don't you? I, I do, I've never liked boots. Can't stand them. <laughs> I bought some. I wore them two or three times. And they, I mean, I cannot stand them. Can't stand. But, uh, we had a horse growing up. I lived out in the country. And we had a horse growing up. Nice. Nice. I don't like horses. A friend of mine, we were kids, had a horse. The horse kicked him in the mouth, knocked out all his teeth. So from that moment on, I said, no, sir. I like my horses under the hood. That's where I like them. Give me 450 under the hood, and I'm good. So um, there was no horsepower in the Gamecock offense Saturday, Chuck, down there at Florida. Coach Satterfield said today they hit. he thought they'd hit rock bottom against Missouri. Then he reframed it to say they hit rock bottom against Florida. So, I mean, just a bad performance. Um what can you put your finger on from what, what you saw there from what they were trying to do? Well, I, I don't know what they're trying to do, Phil. I mean, it's hard to put a finger on it. Um, you know, they couldn't run the ball. And, um, you know, I mean, Rattler, you know, he's, he's an average quarterback. And, they, you know, they don't have any running backs right now with Lloyd out. You know, so there's there's just not much. I mean, I, you know, they, they've got Bell – back there tailback and I know they they want to get the ball in his hands but he's not a you know he's not a running back I mean the guy needs to be out there you know causing matchup problems but you know that hadn't been the case all year mm-hmm. so you know I, I don't know I mean you know they, they they don't block well up front they don't get any movement um you know and I've I've listened to you know there's a lot of excuses um you know I I think and again I don't know Mark Satterfield I'm sure he's a, a, a heck of a football coach and, mm-hmm. and a great guy I, I just sense that, you know, they've always tried to be too complicated, always trying to get the perfect uh, personnel grouping, always trying to get the perfect play. Those things, don't, you don't, you're never going to have the perfect, uh, any of those. You know, you just need to get your best people on the field and go out and play and, and you know, give the guys a chance. Don't make it so complicated you know, and, and, and difficult that, you know, that, that they don't know what they're doing. And, you know, you can hear the players. I mean, it's almost every week they're talking about, you know, there, there's, you know, miscommunication or miss that, you know. That all goes back to just being too complicated, in my opinion. Yeah. Sometimes you wonder if they just should line up in the I formation and just toss it left, toss <laughs> it right, and just tell people, hit the person in front of you and see what happens. I can, I can assure you that would have been better than what they showed the other day. Mm-hmm. I promise you that. <laughs> now, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it may not sound real fancy, uh, you know, but I can assure you it would have been more effective than, than what they put on the field the other day. Yeah. 
Uh, Ellis, and, and play action passes with that. I'm sorry. True, true. Ellis, um, the Gamecock defense doesn't get a pass. They were atrocious. I mean, they gave up four drives for scores and first four possessions for Florida. Let Florida rush for over 300 yards, almost 300 in the first half. So they didn't come out ready to play. They didn't come out prepared. And what did you see? I saw big gaps in the running game on the defense. They weren't fitting the gaps maybe, or I don't know. They were just getting knocked off the ball. What did you see? Well, the quarter, the teams that have had a decent quarterback running game have heard of and it's, uh, it's four weeks in a row now. And some of them were a little better at running it than others. But Anthony Richardson's pretty dang good at that. The other thing that was disturbing is he had a decent day passing the ball. And he's struggled in that area most of the season. Now, lately, he's been better. But uh, it's four games in a row now that they've allowed the opponent's rush game to be a strong factor. Uh, three of them, it was dominant. Missouri, Bandy, and Florida. If they hadn't gotten the four takeaways on Bandy, that would have been another you know, disaster, I think. Hmm. And uh, they only got one the other night. Uh, and so some of this stuff is not just defense. When your offense is going out there and they're three and out, three and out, or even worse, and it puts them back on the field when they're struggling and they need some adjustments or you just need a blow and you kind of, you know, catch themselves and figure out what's going on. The first four series is 24 to nothing. And it gets a, a mental thing now. I, I, think, I really think one of the strongest things Shane's done since he's been here, they've always showed up ready to play. We talked about that last year where they won some games down the stretch against teams that have perennially been better than them, but they were having locker room problems. Carolina hasn't. This was the first time I thought that they didn't respond, mm -hmm. you know, and, and kind of fight back. And it's just bad. I mean, you had three 100-plus rushers. Uh, the quarterback would have had 100, but he lost something on a sack, which is not running. Mm -hmm. uh, it just is hard to find a bright spot. And, and, you know, the only thing really up at Vanderbilt, as I, I repeat myself, they got four takeaways, but there wasn't any issue there, too. All right, Clemson got a win over Louisville. A little bit of a struggle. They didn't actually mash them, even though Louisville lost their quarterback for the second half, Chuck. Looked like Clemson, I think you mentioned this last week, Meku Yangale more of a running threat, and that will help their offense, and that's what they looked like they were trying to do, and I imagine they'll continue to try to do that the rest of the uh, this season with the two regular season games and the ACC championship game. Yeah, well, I think they've got to do that. I mean, again, you going back, um, you know, ever since, you know, uh, Chad Morris came in there and and basically the off same offense they've been running most of this time, you know, the quarterback has always been a, a big factor in the running game. And, you know, and then the other day, I think they, they wanted to kind of get him banged around a little bit and get him into the, in, into the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they've got to do that. You know, they – and and he he played better when he doesn't have pressure. I mean, he can throw the ball. He can throw the ball. He can make great throws. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just when he's pressured. Um, you know, uh, you know he he struggles. And um, you know, the other day, I mean, they started off, and, and Louisville's a team that brings a lot of pressure. But you know, they let him sit back there several times. First, I think it was the first third and long. You know, they rush four. He stands back there, you know, and throws it 20-some yards down the field and got a great throw. But he's just inconsistent in his throwing. 
Um, you know, my assessment of Clemson is they're 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 a good football team in a really weak conference, and you know, and and that's what they are. And you know, they they're up and down. They're you know they're good one week, next week they struggle. Um, you know, they're just not consistent offensively. Uh, on the defensive side, Ellis for Clemson against uh, Louisville. Uh, they knocked out the quarterback. He made a. I mean, I give a guy credit for trying to make a play, but when you're already playing with a damaged hand and you're trying to run through an entire defense at the end of the half, uh, not very smart. And he took a hard hit, hurt his shoulder. He was done, had to go with the backup. So, I mean, they they cleaned up their, their business there. But um, what did you see defensively? Obviously, Carter had a big day for them. Uh, they got some pressure on the quarterback. Uh, did you see overall improvement? in their defense compared to what they showed against Notre Dame? Yes. Now, I don't think Louisville is as good up front as Notre Dame. And that, you know, we'll see how that goes down the line now for the rest of the game. Louisville, last, their last games, they put up 31, 41, 33, 34, 24, 48, 34. They're not a bad offensive football team. And, and against Clemson, they had six punts. Two takeaways, four downs ended on the, you know, either turn it over on downs or the end of the half, end of the game. They kicked one field goal and they scored one touchdown. It wasn't a perfect game, but they were dominant. And it had, had it not been, it would have been a lot different because the offense, again, I thought they, they did the right things they had to do. But I thought the defense showed up and kept control of the game for them. They got pretty good stats when you look at it at the end. But, Phil, you just mentioned they had the long run before the half when they're playing a prevent, mm-hmm. and it was a stupid play for Louisville. Hmm. Got the quarterback hurt, and they, they didn't even take a shot to score. And then the last play of the game, the last drive of the game, there was a pass for 31 yards. You take all that out, and it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Chalk Talk here tonight on Sports Talk, catching up with Chuck Reedy and also Ellis Johnson. And Coach Reedy, I want to circle back to your comments earlier about uh, South Carolina's offense. And from a fan's perspective, it just seems like, all right, why not try Luke Doty or somebody else in at quarterback just to see if that may spark the offense a little bit, especially in games like Florida and Georgia and Arkansas, where they, well, maybe Arkansas is probably not the best example, but at least Missouri and, and Florida here recently might spark that offense a little bit. How does that work if you just immediately transition over to a quarterback? And if so, let's assume for a moment they did that. How does that play into the following week or two when your starting quarterback is benched for a backup? Well, I mean, all you got to do is look up the road. I mean, Clemson, you know, Clemson did it twice. Once it worked, once it didn't. Um, you know, um, you know, but they they made it clear that you know DJ was their starting quarterback. You know, I think sometimes it doesn't hurt if the if the starter is you know he's not playing well, um, you know, to shake things up a little bit. And you know, now Doty, just the the times that I've seen him when he has been in there, has played pretty darn pretty darn good. I mean, he he's mm-hmm. got you know he's he can make some plays with his feet, you know, much more so I think than Rattler can. <clears throat> and you know, it certainly wouldn't help. It wouldn't hurt to change something now i don't know what the situation is y'all know i I should know this but i don't as to how many games he's played and if if they're trying to hold him to try to get another year out of him i I don't know if that's the case or not yeah he's at four yeah he's at the cut well that 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 may be why they're 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 trying to hold him i i don't know that but that certainly could be the case 
Well, take that out of the mix for just a moment. Do you think Rattler is the, the problem? Is it the system? I think you touched on that a few minutes ago that maybe it's a little bit too complicated. So if Doty went in there, would that automatically fix the problem that they're having offensively? No, that's not going to fix the problem. Hmm. Um, no, that, that I mean, and Rattler's not, he, he's not the, he, you know, he, he's not the problem. Um, you know the the the, the only the, the the problem there is that he came in, you know, so hyped up and and all of that and you know and you know he he's he's an average quarterback, um, you know you know in a, in a system that you know I don't think you know uh, that I as I said I'm being repetitive I, I just think they're trying to get the perfect play and the perfect matchup every play and you know. And I don't know. I don't know many coaches that are smart enough to do that. But um, the, I, know, I do know this. If, and Phil has said it earlier. If you just go out and give your guys a couple plays that they know how to execute, you know, and let them play, you, you got a chance to, to have some success. Yeah. It is Ellis Johnson, Chuck Reedy, Chalk Talk with us here on Sports Talk. So I'll, I'll ask both of you this question, Ellis. I'll start with you because you've both been head coaches and you deal with starters and lineups and things like that. So, I mean, people ask us all the time, like Chris just pointed out, you know, why is Luke Doty not playing? Why is this guy not playing? Why is this guy not playing? Um, why is the carry on Joyner not playing? I mean, Ellis, have you ever started somebody over somebody else who in your mind was not the better player? My point is coaches play the players who they see in practice, who they think are going to win the game, right? You don't, not play a guy who's better than somebody that you're playing ahead of him unless you're punishing him for some reason. Am I correct? Well, I agree with that, Matt, but I think it's based on two things. You know, you want to see the consistency and the, and the trust in practice. But one of the mistakes coaches sometimes make is they, they get stuck on these guys that do things the way they tell them to do it. And, you know, because they do it the way you want it done, you have this confidence in them. But they get on the game field, and they may not have what it takes to get it done in that game. So you always got to evaluate them in a game. And uh, I, I'll go back, and I'm not going to use names. But when I first got to Carolina, there were a couple of guys in my position, and they were NFL-type players. And one of them I had was a, a year behind them. He made tackles. And I kept rotating them, and the guy that was an NFL player came in one day and said, why am I not playing more snaps? Hmm. I said, because you ain't making as many tackles as he is. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that, you know, it comes down to production. But, you know, obviously there's a, an element there when you're coaching a guy for 20 hours on a practice field and have him in a meeting, and he can't respond to you with any kind of common sense, you, you're kind of afraid to put him in a game. Mm-hmm. Chuck, how about you? Yeah, no. Well, I, I second all of that. I mean, I, I think every coach wants they want to win the game, and I, I think they're always you know you're going to play the best players, and and you're going to play the guys that you think have give you the best chance to win. Now, um, you know, may not that may not be the guy who's the most talented, as I think Ellis is alluding to, but it's the guy that's going to go out there and give you the best chance to win the football game. What is South Carolina, Chuck? What will be, in your opinion, South Carolina's best chance for beating Tennessee on Saturday night? 
I, I, I mean, well, the, the, only, the only chance they might have is if Marshawn Lloyd is back healthy. Um, but, you know, I, I don't I don't see any – I just don't see a scenario where they can, uh, you know, outscore Tennessee. I, I just don't see that from what we've seen in 10 ball games so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we don't know about Lloyd again. I mean, he's been – he's got that thigh contusion. It's really been three games. Remember, he got hurt like the very first snap against Missouri. So he's missed like all of Missouri, yep. and then he missed Vanderbilt, and then he – Yep. Miss Florida, so it's three games, and you know, yep. and, and Christian Bill Smith is in the same category. I don't have confidence that either will play. Uh, Ellis, what about defensively? Now they're going to be facing a juggernaut and a team that likes to go really fast. What do you think they can do defensively, if anything, to try and slow it down? Well, I don't think the pace will be the problem. Uh, the, the scheme that they run is, you know, sort of what we were doing. It's not hard to get lined up quick. It's not a real complicated scheme. So you're not ch- chasing your tail and trying to make checks and all this stuff on the line of scrimmage. The problem is Tennessee is so balanced, and the only team that has been able to stop them is Georgia because Georgia could match up with them out on the perimeter in the islands, you know, on those one-on-ones, mm-hmm. and it forced them to have to whip Georgia physically in the box, and they were better than they were there, too. And if they played again, it might not be the case because Tennessee is so good on the perimeter. Some of it's talent, some of it's system, some of it's just execution. But they're so good out there on the, on the perimeter, I don't see how Carolina can match up with them consistently like Georgia did. And even Alabama had problems. And Alabama's problems, they couldn't get lined up quick enough and play sound football. It's too complicated. Huh. But... Well, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be a long night. I mean, I, I don't know what they do. If they can get some turnovers off of them, I, I guess take chances because there's no use in not taking chances. Well, I mean, if Alabama can't get lined up <laughs> against them, I mean, my God. <laughs> well, it's a more complicated system, I think, yeah. than, than South Carolina. I, I mean, I've seen them all. And these speed-up teams, if you watch, Alabama's had problems with Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss, and and in Tennessee one year, and they've had problems with uh, Tennessee teams that can really speed up the tempo, give them problems, and it takes away their ability to match up with you one on one and just beat you with talent. And I think some of it gets down to whether it's too, too complicated. Y'all been talking about doing too complicated on offense for thirty minutes. Hmm. It can be too complicated. Sometimes you need to line up, let the players play, and it may look like tenth grade, but if you got the best players, you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Couple more minutes. So the last rankings finally came out last night when ESPN decided that they'd held it long enough between basketball games to let the college football world know. <laughs> Doesn't that suck that an organization like that just owns everything? But anyway, you know, Clemson's sitting there at number nine. You got two teams with two losses ahead of them. And, you know, Southern Cal's got to play UCLA and Notre Dame coming up. They've got one loss ahead of them. Uh, your top four, you know, Michigan State, uh, Michigan and Ohio State, one's going to take a loss. Georgia's probably going to stay undefeated. Uh, uh, TCU, uh, you know, they still got Kansas State, I think, you know, again in the championship game out there. Uh, Tennessee's probably going to finish undefeated, you know, win the rest of their games. The question for both of you is, Chuck, I mean, you see any path? For Clemson winning out, if they went out impressively, last two games in, in the ACC championship game, sitting there 
at uh, 12 and 1, uh, any path for them to get into the top four? Yeah, I, I, you know, I was, I said no last week, but, you know, yeah, there is a slight chance, um, you know, but there, there, I think there's a lot of things that have to happen to help them because, you know, I, I think if, if Michigan, the loser of Michigan and Ohio State, if it's a close game, I think both of them would, both of them will be ahead of Clemson, I think. Um, you know, and, and like you said, Georgia is pretty much a lock. Tennessee is, is, is going to be ahead of Clemson. Um, you know, you got TCU. I think TCU also goes to Baylor. I think mm-hmm. that that's not a gimme, even though Baylor played terrible last week. Um, they got to go out now, way out and, there and, in West Texas to Baylor. Yeah, they got to go west there in West Texas. They ought to just drive about an hour and a half down the road, you know, in, in Central Texas. But they may go play them out in West Texas. I don't know. But um, but I, I, the other thing that that I tell you what, Clemson better not underestimate University of North Carolina. Mm. Uh, they can score a lot of points, and 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 you know their defense has gotten better. Um, you know, they're, they're playing pretty darn good. You know, they had a, a close game. They've had some close games, but they've managed to win kind of like Clemson. Mm-hmm. Ellis, uh, what do you think about Clemson getting in the top four? Any chance? Almost everything Chuck said, it's going to be difficult. I mean, there's going to have to be a lot of things happen to get them up that far. And, uh, I, you know, if you look at it this week, it's most interesting thing is they pushed LSU up there where they got a shot. And I, it's, it's three more weeks of people playing each other. I agree with Chuck on one other thing. Ohio State, Michigan, they play a, a really tough ball game and it goes into overtime or it's a one-score game. I don't think the, the other team that doesn't get to go to championship games is going to fall out. And if the other one wins the championship game, I think it's going to be against Illinois. But if they went out, I think those two are in. If TCU doesn't get beat the rest of the time, how do you drop them down? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how Tennessee slips in there unless somebody helps them. Georgia, I don't think they're going to lose again. I think they'll beat LSU. But the most interesting thing would be if LSU beats Georgia in a close game or an overtime, they're going to try to push both of them up there. And then you got Ohio State and Michigan. We just talked about that scenario. What if that happens? Mm-hmm. They have a tough game, and the one that wins it wins the championship in the championship game. PCU wins out. And Southern Cal wins out. Okay, pick the four. It's going to be an absolute mess. But now, a lot of things can happen since then because it's going to be two or three weeks. But that would be an absolute. I'd love to watch it because y'all know I'm not a playoff guy. Yeah. And I'd love to watch and try to pick those four. Yep. Yep. What they'll say is, well, you know, in a couple of years we'll be at twelve, so this we won't have this problem except trying to pick number twelve. <laughs> Ahead of number 13, whatever yep. the case may be. Gentlemen, okay. it's a pleasure. Chuck, enjoy it. Uh, your weekend. We'll talk to you guys next Wednesday, same time, heading into the holiday weekend. We thank you. Uh, Ellis, I got a pair of boots for you that I had ordered. So they're armadillo. <laughs> they're armadillo. So I hope you enjoy them. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Ostrich. Only wear ostrich. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a great weekend.